アメン Many years ago, and in a galaxy far, far away, I thought I'd use those words. There's nothing worse than an old man reminiscing. And so that will get your attention, and then I can reminisce, which I'm going to do. Actually, I was thinking about May in 1975 in London. I was Working then as a, an assistant in a large parish in Bristol in the west of England, and was in London for a weekend of continuing education. So I went and worshipped at the church which was quite close to my old seminary in London. I was surprised、uh, to find a visiting preacher, a gruff old Australian bishop, who had spent most of his life in Central Africa. It was the Sunday after Ascension, and it was the Sunday before the Feast of Pentecost. And that was the occasion when Jesus had returned to his Father and then told his disciples to go to Jerusalem, back to Jerusalem, and wait there for something to do with the Holy Spirit. But he didn't make it very clear and plain precisely what it was. Well, the bishop went on and pointed out from his own ministry in Tanzania and his own personal life that there are these in between times and the time between the ascension and the time between Pentecost was for the disciples. An in between time. It was a classic. And I realized at that point that we were in an in between time. My, my ministry in Bristol was drawing to a close, and we just didn't have the slightest idea what was going to come next. And it was, to say the least, a little frightening. However, Seventeen months later, Rosemary and I, with our then two small children, both today women in their forties, together with our dog, were on a plane from Heathrow Airport to、uh, Boston to begin our life in the United States. It had been a busy and、uh, interesting in between time for us. It had been excruciating. It had been stressful. There were lessons that we learned. And now, looking back on it, I can say this is a gift from God. And in many ways, it set up what the rest of our life, in many ways, was going to be. It felt like marking time. It felt like running around in circles. It felt like being a dog chasing its tail. But I wouldn't, trace, I wouldn't trade those, those months for anything. They were so valuable and so important. I tell you this story because at St. George's we are at such a point. It came unexpectedly. We are in an in between time. 
It was a gift to us now, after the wonderful years of our previous rector, and we are in many ways like the disciples, there in that upper room in Jerusalem, preparing for the future and waiting, not entirely sure what was going to come next. There are in-between times all the way through Scripture. And one of the keys to an in-between time is the way in which we use it. And for the disciples as well as for us, it's a time of preparation. Preparation for the next chapter. For the disciples, the eleven of them, it was only going to last ten days. But I suspect they were a harrowing ten days in all sorts of ways. But if you go back into the Old Testament, if you go back to Israel crossing over the Red Sea and finding themselves in the wilderness of Sinai and then wandering around there for 40 years, there's a longer preparation time. They had left Egypt as a rabble of ex-slaves. And it took 40 years for them to prepare or be prepared by God to become a God-shaped nation, finally ready to enter the land that God had promised to them. In between times, a part of the topography and ecology of a transition. And it may seem very often as if nothing is going on. Or if something is going on, it's not going on fast enough. But God is in these in-between times at work, as he was with the people of Israel, as they crossed the desert and finally came to their promised land. What in-between times do, though, is to teach us patience. I say that as one of the most impatient people in the world. If you go through Scripture, there are constant lessons about patience. There's Abraham and Sarah there in Genesis in the Old Testament, and uh, God promised them that they would have a son. And the years passed, and he was not conceived, and he never came, and they began to get edgy about it. Until finally, that son was given to them. But they'd learned an awful lot about God during that waiting period. If you go into the New Testament, St. Paul talks about uh, patience as being one of the gifts of the Spirit in the letter that he wrote to the Galatians. Well, a gift of the Spirit it may be, but we aren't naturally patient people. Yet, that's something which God desires from us. In the Psalms, it, uh, it says, Rest on the Lord, wait patiently for Him, and He will give you the desire of your heart. Well, when we start resting on the Lord, most of the time, we don't know what the desire of our heart is. 
And so we need that time for it to be clarified and worked out. Patience may be a gift of the Spirit. I think of it as a, as a planting of the seed of patience. But patience has to be uh, developed. And the only way to develop patience is by being patient or being given the opportunity in which you must be patient whether you like it or not. And that's the way that God teaches His people. The disciples were having trouble, I suspect, with patience on those ten days when they were in the upper room there in Jerusalem, waiting for whatever it was Jesus said was coming. So they said, we've got to do something, we've got to do something. Well, what does anybody do when you've got to do something like that? You have an election. And so they elected someone to take Judas's place as the twelfth member of the, uh, uh, the twelfth member of, of the, the, the inner sanctum of the apostles. They elected Matthias. And we never hear of Matthias again in the rest of the New Testament. Don't know what that says, but at least they'd kept themselves busy by having an election. I suspect that Peter, who was uh, a, a person who could, who was always a bit antsy and always wanted to get on with things, an activist, he wanted to lead the troops forward in whatever way he possibly could. I suspect he was agitated and found it impossible to sit down. He was always going out to walk around the streets or whatever it was because that was the only way that he could keep himself under control. But finally, we're told that Peter stood up amongst the twelve. So, they elected someone and they had speeches. That was the way in which they, they filled that time. But they also filled it by praying. In between times are times which are given to us by God to develop a life of prayer. One of the big in-between times in the life of our Lord Jesus was after He had been baptized in the River Jordan by John the Baptist. And Mark tells us that the Spirit drove Him out into the wilderness as if He was a wild animal being driven out there. And he had a time of six weeks of, I would think, incredible discomfort. It was a time of temptation, we know that because the Gospels tell us. But it was a time which God the Father gave to him to be prayerfully waiting on the Father so that the Father would make known to him the exact shape of the ministry to which he was being called as Messiah. We're told that the disciples there in the upward room devoted themselves to prayer. And that wasn't just a lot of talking to God. It would have been listening for God to talk to them as well. These were the challenges which faced those apostles. They needed time to prepare because they had a big job ahead of them. 
They needed time in which to learn something about God's nature and patience. And they needed to enrich their relationship with God in their life of prayer. It was a vital time for them, and this is a vital time for us at St. George's. We're living in the wake, I hope, of most of the pandemic. COVID is beginning in places to pass into history. But we've lived through that. And now what does God desire of us? Uh, Lee Sproul has been exercising his ministry in Houston for six months now. And uh, if Facebook is anything to go by, he's getting on with it very busily as one might expect. And that's wonderful for them. The capital campaign is over. And the evidence of that is all around us and the buildings behind us on this campus. The great gift that God has given to us in order to exercise the ministry which he has for us here in Nashville. And we're in the midst of this search process. We have a search committee that's beginning to help us to look for the right person to be our rector. And search committees, I've discovered over 50 plus years of ordained life, never seem to go fast enough as far as we're concerned. And yet, whenever a search committee tries to uh, short-circuit the process, more often than not, that turns out to be a huge mistake. The time which we're looking for a new rector is a precious time which God has given to us, and we squander it at our peril. We don't need to rush. We're in God's hands, and He will lead us, and He will guide us. But we do need to prepare ourselves for what lies ahead. Times like this, in between times like this, are a time when we can dream dreams and see visions. And we can look out and explore what St. George's uh, can be in the future and what God is calling us to be. One of the amazing things about the rapid expansion of Nashville is God is bringing our mission field to us. People are coming here from all over the world. People are coming here from all over the country. And there is the mission field at our doorstep, and we're set up for it with wonderful buildings already, and we have the most gifted staff uh, that I've ever worked with on a congregation and in a team. And somewhere out there, there's a priest who probably has absolutely no idea at the moment that they are going to be called to be the rector of St. George's Church in Nashville. Someone who God has been preparing to do this particular job, to be our leader and to 
guide us forward in this next chapter to which we have been called as a congregation. A person who is a man or woman of prayer and with the gifts of leadership that we need for this next chapter. Someone who is able to help us put flesh and bone upon the uh, dreams and visions that we have for all that St. George's can be and all that he calls us to do. Someone who will lead us in God's way so that we are able to reach far beyond anything that we think that we're capable of. One of the, the great unexpected privileges of having been ordained as long as I have is to be able to spend these latter active years of my ministry at St. George's. This is a special place. I first came into this building, I think, in 1986 or 1987, and I felt it then. It's still a special place, and God has a special future for us at St. George's. He wouldn't have put us here in the way he has with the gifts that he's given to us if there wasn't something important for St. George's to do and be. And we will be stretched to the uttermost. I hope and pray that you are ready for that. I'm going to mistranslate the uh, epistle which was read to us, just one sentence from it. But I think it says precisely what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. He was talking to them at a time when he was challenging them to stewardship. And the mistranslation is this. I do not mean that you should be at ease. God does not mean that we should be at ease. We are preparing ourselves for the next chapter. We are learning patience. I've had so many people say to me, when is this search committee business going to be over? And we are being enriched in our life of prayer. We waste this time at our peril. But God will, in Christ, lead us forward. Amen.